What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. All right, welcome everybody to episode 17 of What The Funk. I feel like it's wild that we're 17 episodes in. I started this podcast in July because I just wanted a space to share more info, do some more long form content, be able to just have a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more fun because, you know, I love Instagram, I love Facebook. Um, Don't get me started on TikTok. But the podcast is so great because it allows me to just elaborate a little bit more. And I love the feedback that I've been getting from everybody. Um, this podcast is for you guys, um, my clients, my community, um, my former clients who are still friends of mine, anybody that has come across my path, this podcast is for you. So if you do have any ideas or any topics that you specifically want me to go over, I want to hear from you. Shoot me a DM, um, at Elena.m.fit, um, on Instagram, or if you friend me on Facebook, it's just Elena Colom is my name. You should be able to friend me, send me a private message. Um, let me know what you want to hear on the podcast because this this is a space for us to be creative and be real and be honest. And today we are talking about social pressure and boundaries especially during the holiday season because this is the time of year where I see it in my clients, I see it in the in my friends um, on Instagram, on my internet friends. The holidays get very overwhelming because it's, it's yes, it's magical. Um, you know, people love the holiday season. It's, it's a time where we like, you know, feel like we should be slowing down just a little bit. Um, but it, but it's also very overwhelming, right? We feel like there's so much that we have to do so much that we have to live up to so many expectations that we place on ourselves or that we perceive that others have of us to either get good gifts, make some food, um, be the hostess, things like that. And, and it can be very draining. Um, and what happens is a few different things. Not only are we dealing with the sort of the emotional drainage and emotional energy of, you know, the holiday season, um, a lot of it being perceived stress that we do put on ourselves. And, um, I do talk about perceived stress quite a bit. I won't talk about it as much in this podcast. Oops. I just hit the microphone. Um, I won't talk about it as much in this podcast, but I really feel like that's a great topic for another day. Um, perceived stress versus actual stress. I did a little bit of a mini training on it in the dump your diet Facebook group, and it is posted somewhere in that Facebook group. If you wanted to go look for that, um, a lot of people found that it was very helpful. It's very eye opening, but today specifically, social pressure, boundaries, strategies to get around people who are maybe well-meaning, but putting us in awkward positions where we feel like we have to defend our choices for our bodies, okay? Um, And I want to just state the fact that I'm going into this with the mindset that nobody has permission to comment on your body, to comment on your food, to comment on your 
choices, right? And I say this too, because I, I quit a quote unquote stable job and now work for myself. So, you know, people question a lot of my life choices sometimes, even though I'm clearly much more happy than I was before and doing well and being able to take care of my family. And I'm very grateful for that. But people like to have a lot of opinions during the holidays. And it's very often maybe like a, a well-meaning family member who, or, you know, longtime friend who we maybe haven't seen in a while. And they're, 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 perceived position in your life feel they feel like they have some right to have a say and this can this can stem from two different directions one it can stem from sort of like an antiquated sense of authority within your life or a position of authority that they think that they have um and nobody has authority in your life unless you give them authority right for example like my clients I do look at their food. I do look at their progress physically and emotionally and mentally, but it's literally my job to do that. It is not anybody else's job unless you give them that express permission, like my clients have given me, to comment on the things that you're eating. And even in that scenario, I'm not going to my clients going, why the hell did you eat that cookie? I'm like, cool. I'm glad that you ate cookies most of the time, right? Because those are the, we're going to talk about this food relationship situation here in a little bit. But it, it, people have a perceived sense of authority within your life or they're afraid that that you're leaving them, right? When somebody's trying to hold you back, I heard this very powerful, um, Vince Pittstick said this at the business retreat that I was in in Dallas um, last week, um, early on in the month of December. Um, at this point, it'll be maybe about two weeks ago once this podcast comes out, is that when people are trying to hold you back, whether it's pursuing your health, pursuing career choices, pursuing career changes, pursuing things that are going to put you in a different point in your life, trying to further yourself, trying to better yourself because you want to, they're trying to hold on to because they don't want to get left behind. Um, and then the, the other flip side of the coin too, is that sometimes the decisions that we make, especially when it comes to how we take care of our bodies, usually highlight other people's insecurities of their own. And instead, and that makes them very uncomfortable and it can put them sort of unknowingly on the defensive. And so they, they sort of lash out in these ways of trying to hold you back, trying to judge your choices. And so it's just important that we understand where some of this stuff is coming from, because it's not a reflection on you as an individual. It's usually a reflection on the other person. So remembering that people are trying to hold you back because either they, one, don't want to get left behind, two, they're being faced with things that make them uncomfortable with themselves in their own skin, they're faced with their own insecurities, or three, they have a perceived sense of authority within your life and you need to sort of reestablish those boundaries with that relationship. So... Um, some wonderful strategies. If somebody decides that they want to comment on either your food, your food choices, you going back for seconds on something, um, comment on your body, whether you've lost weight or gained weight, any, anything, whether it's you change your hair and they don't like it. Maybe you got some new glasses. Maybe your clothing style is evolving. I know that for me, my like personal style has evolved quite a bit now that I don't have to please anybody but myself, <laughs> right? I used to be a teacher, so I had to be very like conscious of the things that I wore and the, the image that I portrayed. And in hindsight, hindsight 2020, I wish I would just allow myself to be more of myself because I think that ultimately would have set a better example for my students that to be unapologetically myself and still be successful. And um, I think that that's an important message to send. But anything that somebody wants to talk about, whether it's your food, your body, your life choices, here are some strategies for you to manage those. And I've gone over these before, but it never hurts to go over them again because we usually need to hear something more than once. Change the subject. So let's say um, your Aunt Susie comes up to you and goes, 
oh my goodness, you have lost so much weight. And, and I just want to preface this, weight loss isn't always a good thing. Weight loss or weight gain can be, it's sort of, I consider it a neutral thing. It sort of just is, but it's not always a good thing, especially if somebody has lost weight due to depression or anxiety or high levels of stress. Um, you can be like, oh, Aunt Susie, why don't you tell me about XYZ thing that you have been going on? Tell me about your life. Like, let's change the subject. Or, hey, let me show you this cool project that I've been working on. Or, hey, I'd love to fill you in on some of the things that have been going on in my life lately. You're just gonna change the subject right away, okay? And you can do this with anybody. You can do this with parents. You can do this with friends. You can do this with other family members. You can do this with cousins that you haven't seen that you have that weird com competitive streak with, right? Change the subject. Now, if somebody really continues to come Kind of like push you on certain things you can firmly reroute the fact and state my body and my food choices or insert whatever else that is their comment on are not up for discussion i would love however to talk about xyz and like insert something else now this can feel very difficult in the moment so what i would really suggest to you is i would love for you to like take five minutes. It really will only take five minutes. Um, and sort of imagine, cause you know who those people are, right? You know who those people are, you know what they're going to say, write down what those scenarios are and give yourself like a few scripts to sort of follow, walk through the conversation in your head before you were put in that situation. So that way you have some practice and some confidence in saying these things. And even better yet, say them out loud. If you have a close friend, you know, has your back and you can literally walk around the room naked with them. Get that person in a room with you and be like, listen, I just need to practice having this conversation out loud because you know how, how, how insert person here triggers me every year during the holidays and it pisses me off and I don't want to let it piss me off. Or practice by yourself in the mirror, which can also be even sometimes harder than telling it to somebody else because when we're looking at ourselves in the mirror, and we're going to talk about mirror work here in a second, when we look at ourselves in the mirror and start to have these conversations with ourselves, it feels very much like we're flaying ourselves open, right? We're bearing our insides to ourselves, which is sometimes harder than bearing our insides to other people. It's almost easier to open up to somebody else than it is to open up to our own person, like open up and admit the things that are really bothering us. So practicing with somebody out loud, writing something down or saying it to yourself in the mirror, give yourself a little bit of time to work through your head and visualize what this conversation is and what these strategies will look like. Okay. Now, if somebody's really just being an ass about this and like saying shit to you that you're like, I don't want to hear this, walk away walk away, just turn around and walk away with no explanation and go talk to somebody else in the room who doesn't put you in an awful position to have to defend and e explain and justify who you are and the choices that you make. Because again, and, and I think it was, wasn't it Eleanor Roosevelt said this, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. I don't think I got that entirely right, but that's exactly true. If you don't give somebody the permission or the space to make you feel inferior or, or, or cause you to question things that you know about yourself or push those boundaries, they're not going to be allowed to. And that's going to set a very, very clear boundary to that individual. Okay. So when we talk about other strategies to sort of build up our stamina for dealing with these boundaries and these social pressures throughout the holidays, there's a few things that you can do to be proactive about it, okay? Now, one of these things, and y'all are gonna call me crazy because I, I feel like people get the wrong idea, like, because I talk about like affirmations and manifestations and, you know, claiming and affirming and all of this stuff as like 
kind of bullshit. And it, the reason I say that it's bullshit is because people will do the manifesting or the affirming without following it up with action. I love affirmations and manifestations that is followed up by the actions that show that you truly want these things to be within your life. And now affirmations is something too, that is a really simple thing that you can do that will help that doesn't take a lot of brain power. It can feel again, though, really gritty the first few times that you do it. I've actually incorporated some, you know, daily affirmations into my micro journaling. So if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know that micro journaling is a strategy that I utilize. I write down on a daily basis. I like I, I either write down 10 ideas or I'll write down like a few affirmations. The ideas are for when my brain is really full and I need to just like sort of dump things out before without having to like really organize or think too hard about it. Usually those ideas are things that are superfluous to the tasks that I actually have to get done. So by offloading these tasks that would otherwise cause me to be procrastinating on the stuff that I actually have to do on a daily basis. Um, it, it helps free up space so I can focus on the tasks that truly are important. And then if I have time, I can go back and reflect and review and see, okay, is there anything here that I do need to come back to and revisit? Usually I don't, <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there right now, but I do some micro journaling. So it's either affirmations or ideas or just like things that I felt or I'm feeling in the moment or things that are bopping around in my brain that I just, again, need to take from my brain, stick it on a piece of paper. So it's a no longer hanging out up in my head. Um, and I like to utilize these alongside of like one gratitude. And it can be something as simple as I'm really grateful that I got a good night's sleep to I'm really grateful that I had time to spend with my parents today. Because as you guys know, my parents are a little bit older and my dad is sick. So anytime I get the chance to spend with my mom and dad, it's like, this was so amazing. I'm just really gr grateful that I had this time. And then I followed up by like a memory of the day. So I actually have like a notebook that has like some week different, different note pages in it. And I, I will put in like the kids, it's, it's a planner. And so in the monthly calendar layout, I, I put like a memory each day in the calendar layout. And it could be something as simple again as like, I, you know, had a great day in Dallas or like got a new tattoo today, hashtag all in, which is the matching tattoos that some friends and I got when we were in Dallas last week. Um, and so different things like that, but the affirmations is something that fits really nicely in. And if you download like an app, um, because part of what I hate about affirmations is coming up with shit on my own. Let's be completely real. I, I do not like coming up with stuff on my own, but I love affirmations. Um, and then also one of my friends, um, Hannah, she has, and I'm going to, I'll get the link from her and I'll drop it in the show notes. She has an email um, list for um, 90 days of realistic affirmations. And I will drop that link below because it's really nice because I feel like sometimes affirmations can get really fluffy and just very not... <laughs> It's like, really, I would not say this in real life. And maybe that's me being like, I don't know, weird about it. But I'm not a fluffy person. I don't like fluffy affirmations. And this is why I'm like, yes, they are cheesy. It can feel a little gritty. Some people love them right away, but it does work. And it does work to change how your brain works on a basic level. So here's some affirmations that I actually personally truly love, and I'll explain why. And you can just write down one or two a day, or even like download an app. I love the app I am. Um, some of the things that come through are a little bit cheesy, but you can filter through them and like save the ones that you really love. And that's what I do do and I get like an alert every day. So, um, some ones that I love, um, I'm not a big fan of like the ones that are like my legs allow me to walk from place to place. I'm like, yes, they do. But like, that's, that's for me very, again, fluffy and superfluous. So one that I love, these are, these are like, I think four or five that I really enjoy five. Okay. I got five written down. I prioritize my well being with choices that make my body feel good. 
Now I changed this from, I prioritize my well-being, be, well-being with healthy choices that my body feel good because the concept of healthy looks different for every person and the practice of being healthy looks different for every person. But we all know what makes us feel good and what doesn't make us feel good, right? I know that if I do certain things or don't do certain things, I feel more or less energized or more or less clear. So I prioritize my well-being with choices that make my body feel good. Feeling good for me is things that keep my energy up, keep my head clear, reduce the brain fog that I might feel during the day. I haven't had brain fog in a really long time because my Hashimoto's is very well managed, but you know know what I mean. Um, Things that won't cause my stomach to hurt. So like not eating gluten every single day, um, that will cause me to have some issues, right? Um, Not eating tree nuts, which will cause me to have some breathing issues and then my allergies get worse and then I have a panic attack because I can't breathe. (laughs) So I prioritize my well-being with choices that make my body feel good. Okay. That one for me is very powerful. That might be powerful for you too. So, um, others happiness is their own responsibility. I need to focus on my own. And again, that's hearkening back to that concept of people's pressure and their comments and their opinions of you has more to do with them than it has to do with you. So others happiness is their own responsibility. I need to focus on my own. This next one I love is very short, sweet, and to the point. I am allowed to evolve. I am allowed to evolve. Now, this could be very difficult. Remember when we start changing how we treat ourselves and how we treat our bodies, it usually requires some fundamental shift of how we identify ourselves, of identifying the habits that feel like they're part of a personality trait, even though they aren't serving us, right? Like the abusive caffeine. I love coffee. I still identify as loving coffee, but I do not identify as a caffeine addict like I used to. And I used to wear that with like a badge of honor. Oh my gosh, I drink so much coffee during the day like okay all right Gilmore Girls and I love Gilmore Girls don't get me wrong but like abusing caffeine is not a badge of honor and I am allowed to still love coffee while not utilizing it as a crutch to get me through the day or as like something that I have to do in order to be happy. And and when people, again, and it can be with anything, and this is especially true even with like alcohol consumption, when you start drinking less and the people around you are used to you drinking more, there's a lot of pushback. I mean, most of the time, that happens most of all the time. When you start to learn how to regulate your emotions and deal with scenarios without the use of alcohol, that's very um, disturbing to others who are not ready to face that within themselves. But you are allowed to evolve and that's okay. Um, I also love this next one. If there are people in my life who try to disrupt my peace, I remove them from my space. Again, it's just that walking away. You can love people from a distance. I just want you guys to know that. People that are in your life who are no longer serving you, but you're like, I still want them in my life, but just not maybe in the same capacity they are, you can love them from a distance and that's all right. And this last one is very powerful. I appreciate healing and health more because of what I have been through. If you've either gone through illness or sickness, autoimmune disease, chronic disease, you know, wild swings in your weight gain with either weight loss or weight gain um, in, in any capacity, you appreciate your body so much more because you know what it's been through. And regardless of where you are right now in your journey, whether you're happy with it, whether you're not happy with it, whether you're taking action or trying to muster up the, you know, the guts to take action, even though you know something needs to change, you're just not quite there yet. Um, you know that you're going to appreciate the end result more because of the internal struggles or physical struggles that you have gone through. Okay. So affirmations. 
Let's talk about food relationships during the holidays, because this is one that I like to hit on the going into this time of year. And I have a post that I posted last year and I sort of re redid the post this year because it's about the concept of we let the entire holiday season throw us off when really the actual holidays is only like a few days out of the course of this last quarter of the year. If the entire holiday season throws you off, your relationship with food and movement and your body needs some work. Now, this process of repairing your food relationships, your body relationship, your relationship with exercise looks different for everybody and the process can take a while or it can be quick. I've seen people be able to come through on the other side of things because again, I, I work with people on their food relationships because even when we're dealing with like hormones and gut health and stuff like that, usually food relationships have to be addressed because of a lot of the behaviors that have exacerbated these imbalances within our body are due to diet culture and how we perceive food and movement as well as our own self-worth. And all of that has to be addressed so that the healing can take place and be maintained, right? And be maintained. That's the key. You don't just want to fix your shit. You want to stay there. You want to get to the other side and be able to stay there. And so re reality is that nobody tells you about this journey that I think it's important and okay to acknowledge because if you experience this during the season in the process of trying to make peace with certain things, that's okay. Is that you might gain weight which might not be desirable for you. Maybe you are in a position where you do not want to gain any more weight because it's been a struggle for you. But sometimes healing your relationship with food requires you gaining five, 10 or 15 pounds in order for you to lose 30, 40 or 50 pounds down the road. Because the same behaviors that maintain body composition are the same ones that help you lose fat and keep muscle. And we just toggle essentially the energy output, stress management, things like that once your body is in a healthy place. Once your body is in a healthy place, it is about energy management, calories in, calories out to a degree. But if your behaviors around food are fucked, you're not gonna be able to keep that weight off down the road without putting yourself in a worse position metabolically, hormonally, mentally than you are now. Um, so you might have to gain weight to heal that relationship with food, find that balance within your body on a physiological level before you can pursue the aesthetic goals that you have for yourself. And that's very important, okay? So how are how do you affect, you know, strategize around the food part specifically? So let's talk about food relationships specifically. And you know, down the I'll talk about a couple, you know, strategies to help also heal your relationship with your body as well. Um one strategy specifically actually. So Food strategies, first step to any of this is you have to want to commit to facing the discomfort and weird feelings that you have around food. I'm going to say that again. You have to want to commit. You might want to fix it, but you're not willing to commit yet to facing the discomfort and weird feelings you have with food. <laughs> That's the first step. And then being honest with yourself and identifying which foods trigger you. Um, and this is a, you know, people always say, well, don't keep something in the house that you can't eat. And, and I think that that's a good strategy off the bat because you don't want to be asking your brain and your emotions to do more work than they need to. If you can manage to keep certain things out of the house or if you have baked goods, can you give some away? By the way, you're allowed to throw things in the trash. You throwing something in, in the trash or getting it out of the house does not 
help somebody else. You know, people are like, oh, I don't want to waste food. And it's like you throwing away that food isn't going to negatively or positively impact anybody in the, in the world who is experiencing, you know, food insecurity. Um, it, it's, it's only going to potentially hurt you in that moment. And if you really wanting to, you know, you using your relationship with food as a reason to, you know, justify it because you feel guilty about somebody else who might not have the same resources that you have, you need to reevaluate your priorities because if your concern truly was, supporting individuals with food insecurity, your strategy wouldn't be keeping the food in the house. It would be donating or donating your time, donating resources to organizations that do help people with food insecurity. So I just want to throw that nugget out there right now. Um, and then um, because if you're having to constantly, you know, keep it out of the house and you can never bring it back out in the house, avoidance doesn't heal that relationship with food, but by keeping it out of the house initially as a temporary solution, it gives your brain less work to do. And then what you can do is keep a little bit and then maybe throw the rest out or give the rest away. Right. And that's totally okay. Um, now I say, give it away because vulnerability moment. I used, right. I, we all know that I used to have an eating disorder. I have tried this before and I've put food in the trash. I have been the person that has taken stuff out of the trash because I was so fucked in my head about food and so stressed out about it that I would do that, which sounds horrible, but I know that there's people out there that know exactly what I'm talking about. So what I would do is, and you guys are going to call me crazy and I'm not saying that this is healthy, but this is just what I would do. I would like put the food in the trash and like pour something over it. Like, like a leftover like liquid or put water on it so it made it inedible basically so that I wouldn't be tempted to take it out of the trash. I would make sure that it was inedible when I threw it out so that I couldn't eat it. Um, and I, that, I'm not saying that's a healthy strategy. That's just what I used to do. And at the time it worked until I was able to get into therapy and start healing <laughs> some of these actual things that were going up on in my brain and why the eating disorder was such a trauma response. <laughs> so just FYI, that is not professional advice, but that's what I used to do. If your brain is going like, well, I eat it out of the trash. If I put do that, I know because I've been there. If you're a person who does that, and if that's something that you just need to get from point A to point B, and it'll cause you some peace, it'll give you some peace, then go for it. I'm not going to judge you. And then the next step is, especially in this season, identify foods that are seasonal for you that are nostalgic, that bring good memories. You're allowed to eat food just for the sake of it being delicious and nostalgic. It's okay. And when you eat those things this season, focus on the feelings of home, family, peace, happiness, whatever it is that that food brings to you. So that way you can focus on those feelings of happiness rather than the guilt associated with it. Now again, okay, well, what if I overeat and now I have a shit relationship with my body? Again, affirmations, but I want you to do some mirror work. What is mirror work, you ask? Well, you're gonna stand in front of a mirror naked, literally. Take off all your clothes, get in front of a mirror, somewhere in your house. I would recommend doing this by yourself, right? This is a very personal experience. And I want you to just look at yourself for three minutes. It's gonna be really hard. It's really gonna feel shitty at first. And if you can do like five minutes, so three to five minutes, do this every day for a week. And about like day three or four, you're going to start seeing good things about yourself. I'm not going to promise you. I'm not going to tell you to stand there and like just, you know, say nice things to yourself in the mirror. But you just need to be. You just need to exist with yourself for a few minutes in all of your glory. All of all of the things that you dislike and all of the things that you do like and just accept it. Because the sooner that you accept it, the quicker that your relationship with 
food and exercise will also heal. Those things, those things have to go together for sure. So that is, that is my um, talk on, you know, managing boundaries and also sort of an extra talk on food relationships and body relationships throughout the holiday season. Um, hopefully this has been helpful for you. Hopefully you took a nugget from this that you'll be able to take and implement into your own life. Um, and if you guys have any questions or have any, you know, ideas again for the podcast, please feel free to slide into my DMs. Um, if this podcast was helpful for you, DM me holidays. And I would love to just talk with you about your own journey and, you know, just let you know that you have a friend. So if you want to have a conversation, DM me holidays. I'll know exactly what you're talking about. And thank you guys so much. I'll see you on the next episode. And that's our wrap for today. Thank you so much for tuning into the What The Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next time.